You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. So last Saturday, I got to meet Quentin Martin, who should be up on the screen. Uh, He'll be up there in a second. There he is. Some of you may have met him. Um, Housemate Danielle Martin. uh, Quentin is housemate Danielle Martin's new baby. I went over to their house to give baby Quentin a blessing and to welcome him him into the half-ass family. But given all the killings of unarmed and innocent black men in America this week and across our history, I've thought a lot about Quentin this week in a different way. Because Quentin will grow up black in America. So today, I've written today's sermon in the following manner as a letter to Quentin Martin. Dear Quentin, by the time you were able to read this letter, I may no longer be your pastor, but today I am. And as a sign of the love of God and the love of your church, I had the privilege of giving you a blessing just a few days ago. You were so small, just a few days old. I held you in my arms and welcomed you as a beautiful, perfectly human child of God. I anointed your tiny forehead with oil and asked God to fill your life with love and to protect you from every danger. To protect you from every danger. Hmm. I meant those words when I said them. But then some things happened in the days following your blessing that made me realize how wholly inadequate my words were in reflecting the truth of the life that I welcomed you into. You see, this week, two more black men, Terrence Crutcher and Keith Scott, were killed by police during routine traffic stops, adding to the 213 black Americans killed by police in 2016 and the 318 in 2015. So their deaths underscore for me how many more dangers there will be for you, Quentin, than there have been for me. You will grow up black in America and the color of your skin puts you at risk. 2.5 times more likely of being killed by police than for me, and that's just one risk. And so I began to doubt the words of my blessing, that God protect you from every danger. Where was God's protection when Michael Brown went in to buy some cigarettes, or when Terrence Crutcher stood with his arms raised, complying with every command the police officers made? Where was God's protection for Freddie Gray in the back of that police van? And if God didn't protect them, how could I expect her to protect you? So as I held your newborn body, I began to wonder what exactly it means for God to protect us in the first place. Maybe it doesn't mean that that God will protect us at all from bad things befalling us. Maybe God is protecting us from something else entirely. Maybe what God is protecting us is from a life that doesn't matter. That God holds on to every single thread of our life and doesn't let anything go. 
that every thread of our life is precious to God, good and bad, just and unjust, and that God doesn't lose track of any part of us. In the gospel we, we just read today in church, Jesus tells a story about the lives of two men to show us how much God clings to every detail of our lives. It's a parable about a poor man named Lazarus who spends his life begging for leftovers from a man who has more than he needs. Lazarus then dies, likely from starvation, a tragedy that the wealthy man could have easily prevented. It's the story of a tragic life, of a man whose circumstances never improve, of a man whom God does not seem to protect from every danger. It's about a life of someone who goes unnoticed and that society doesn't see as mattering. A life in the shadows. But that's not the end of the story. No, the rich man eventually dies and runs into Lazarus, the man whose life didn't seem to matter to him. And he's in the arms of Abraham, which was a way of saying somebody was in the arms of God. And God reveals the truth of how the rich man treated Lazarus. Though we only see one thread, this parable reveals that every thread of our lives is precious in God's eyes. Nothing is lost. The suffering of Lazarus isn't lost. The rich man causing the suffering isn't lost. No moment of our lives will pass into oblivion. The entirety of our lives will be held under the light of God's love. God loves us too much to let drop any of the threads of our lives. So that means for you, Quentin, that nothing will befall you that God won't catch. I can't promise that God will protect you from every danger. You are entering this world already with a target on your back that may never go away. The danger is real. But what God does promise is that she will protect you from the ultimate evil, that your life won't matter. Whatever happens to you, the good, the bad, the just, and unjust, all of it will be held up under the light of God's love. Just like whatever happened to Terrence Crutcher and Keith Scott and Sandra Bland and Alonzo Smith will be held up under the searing light of God's love for all of us. No matter at the end of the day what the media or Facebook or the courts say, nothing from their lives will be lost. God holds on to every thread, every moment of joy, every moment of injustice. And then what does God do? God tells everyone the true story of our lives. Just like God did with the suffering of Lazarus and the greed of the rich man, God tells the whole truth about their lives. You know, this week I thought a lot about how God telling the truth about every piece of our lives is another way of talking about what the scriptures call judgment. Judgment is God's way of telling the truth about our lives by holding on to every thread and making sure everyone knows the truth. You know, I don't preach a lot about judgment. I like to preach a lot more about God's love for us all and how it is the Father's good pleasure to give us all the kingdom. But God's judgment is intricately bound up in God's infinite love 
for his creation. And if that sounds shocking, I think it's because we've confused judgment with punishment. God's judgment is God's truth-telling about our lives. It is God holding on to every thread of our lives. But in times like these, it's easy to want God to be a punishing God rather than the judging God. Yet the overwhelming message of the gospel, including today's gospel, is not of a God who punishes, but of a God who tells us the truth about our lives and the lives of those we are connected to. The good news of Jesus is that God is a God who holds on to every thread of our life, and God tells the truth about our life, the good and the bad, and then God loves and forgives us whatever the story ends up being. That is what our gospel proclaims today, that God holds on to every bit of our life. But the truth of our lives, it often hurts. The truth can seem unbearable, like it did for the rich man in the parable when he realized that Lazarus' life didn't matter to him. And that's not something the rich man can ever take back. And you know, holding you, Quentin, for those few minutes taught me a truth about my life that was hard for me to bear. I realized while holding you that you were the first black child I had ever held. I've lived for 37 years, 90% of my life in predominantly African-American cities, and I had never held a black child before. I knew that my life was segregated and privileged, but I didn't know the depths of that truth until I held you. That hard truth of my life, like the hard truth that the rich man added to another person's suffering, like the hard truths of all our lives, once they are true, they, were, they will never be untrue. The truth will last forever, which is perhaps what Jesus meant by this gulf that can never be crossed in the parable. While we proclaim that God has forgiven all our sins, that forgiveness doesn't make our sin any less real. It just means that God doesn't base our eternal destiny on that sin. Yet what we do still matters because every bit of our lives are important to God, and God so desperately wants to show us that. God so desperately wants to show us that it's all important. So by the time you read this letter, Quentin, I hope the world has come to see what God already sees, that every thread of your life matters and that it matters in its specificity, not in the glib, defensive sense of all lives matter, but in the sense that you, Quentin, and everything that makes you, you matters. That every way that you enjoy life matters, that every way you suffer matters, and that none of our lives can fully matter until we know at the deepest level how much you matter. And so today I give thanks for every thread of your life, Quentin. May God hold close every moment of your life and weave them together with all of ours. Amen.